Robert, mentors from military. We're at Line Creek Brewing Company, and if you've been following our uh, our podcast for a little while, you've probably seen uh, part of the reason why we're here, and it's mainly because they brewed some beer for veterans, and we're trying to highlight uh, not only this establishment, but the beer that they brewed. Uh, there's um, stuff that goes back from the hops. It goes to Hunter 7 Foundation all the way through to a dollar for every beer that's purchased goes towards local nonprofits. Uh, they were kind enough to let us back here in their brew space, and it's really cool. So, uh, joined by sidekicks Paul Martinez. Hey, everybody. And Kyle Neal. How are you guys doing? So, we've got a good friend back again. So, it was two years ago, I guess, or a year and a half ago, um, that Dutch was on the show. So, Dutch Moyer, and I don't remember the episode number. I don't either. 287, I believe. Oh, nice. Look at this. Check Is out the big brain on Kyle. Is it 287? <laughs> Let's go, Kyle. Do I not to quote me on that, but if it is 287, I'll take all the... All the Please take all the credit for all that. All the credit. And, and and Dutch actually in 2001, I believe, was the number one um, yeah. podcast yeah, for that man, come episode on, man. for that, yeah, that so, year. Yeah. So, so he's so, hoping, of course, you're going to help him, the listeners here, and yeah. people on YouTube are going to help do that again. Well, you, that's why you, that's why you did this here. Is, you brought me here. You said, please come here. <laughs> we, need, we need a boost. <laughs> just kidding. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah, we just were talking about this earlier offline, and you guys are now making yourself, uh, you're, 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 get, you're gaining traction. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah. That's what I would say. You're gaining traction in the social media world and, and in the YouTube world. Are you doing good things? So, uh, yeah. Well, off. we want to talk about a lot of the stuff that you're doing as well. Of course, you know, you've always had DCM Consulting, and people can go out and check out your uh, Instagram page and um, other uh, website and all those types of things to learn more about not only your background, which we'll get into here, uh, but also your current work. And uh, they may be interested in that as well. So good stuff. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So we're just going to sit around and kind of shoot the shit and have a conversation because it's a little bit different when we already know somebody being on the episode and everything else. We can kind of talk about things that we haven't, we didn't really cover in the past. And so. Yeah, we talked for quite some time last time. And then there was, you know, it was like, well, hey, about this and this. And they were like, oh, holy cow. You know, we can talk for a while. And, you know. I like the sound of my own voice, so I can talk. <laughs> well, apparently, so, so does everybody else. Yeah, right. yeah you're, you're in good company. That worked out. So I guess back in that episode, maybe we'll, what we we'll do is we'll start off with giving a brief summary of your background. Um, so you can always stop me if I didn't, if I don't state it correctly. So uh, started off in armor, uh, you know, which is uh, fantastic because so did I, and uh, that's probably the primary reason why. And when yeah. we started down that episode. <laughs> And you started talking about, you know, uh, armor and, and the whole bitch. It was giving me flashbacks and always good things, but at least they were flashbacks. Uh, end up going uh, then and transitioning into infantry and uh, went off into airborne, uh, went through uh, RIP and end up going into uh, one of the battalions. And I don't remember which first. Right. Yeah. yeah. First battalion, and after some period of time of uh, carrying the load there, decided to go and uh, better yourself and continue on in special operations, tip of the spear in, in different uh, aspects and stuff. We're going to get into canine. We're going to get, we didn't get into that discussion about your work that you did while in uh, special operations in canine and stuff, but um, did a bit of that. So did I do a fairly good job? Did a great job. Okay. Come on. Great. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, one of the things I, I want to talk 
talk about that we didn't get a chance to do, it was the accident. Now, you posted a photo last year, I think it was, your face all like swollen, you know, the whole bit. And um, we never got a chance to talk about that. And I knew that was one of those things that we wanted to cover the last time you were here. But time got away from us. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, to me, it's a cool story. I have plenty of injuries and you know maladies that uh, that you could talk to about. And this is so. And I'll I'll get into that here in just a second. But like in, in this year, I'm going to Arkansas. Uh, let me back up. I am going to Arkansas for that, but I'm not going to speech about that. So I'm going to Wisconsin to the uh, the Midwest Tactical Officers Association, and I'm going to give a, a speech. And it was funny because. The, my guy's uh, ta- uh, Todd Appleton, and he's like, hey, I want you to speak for four hours. <laughs> so, four four hours. hours? That's a long speech. Wow. Four hours? That's, yeah. that's not a speech. That's I like can, a whole four hours. I said people will be dead. They'll be bored. They'll shoot themselves. <laughs> four hours, bro. We can't do four hours. So what I did do, though, I've, I've done speeches for uh, SF Cats and and some other you know, other folks around, but leadership is one. Yeah, and then we'll do resilience, and that's where I that's why I'm segueing to that. So the resilience portion, uh, you know, I was talking to another professional, and I said, you know, what allows you to be so resilient after I mean, 31 years. I did 31 years. I was associated with the army for 31 years. That's uh, insane. And that's, you know, that's the long. That, that deserves for a medal in this. Out there in <laughs> the real world, it's called Legion of Merit. They kick you out and go, hey, here's Legion of Merit. That is an eon in the army. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, there's a statue at Bragg. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, uh, you know, graduating from Rangers. So, I loved my Ranger time, uh, 92 or so to 99. And then, you know, you, to me, you, as a man, you test your medal. And I, I want to, I want to be better. I want to, I want to go somewhere. I want to do something, you know, that means something. So of course, to me, the regular professional trail would be to go and try out for the premier counterterrorist unit on the planet. I want to, I want to go to JSOC and be an operator. So that's where I went. And then, so I show up and I, I navigate my way through that, and I navigate my way through school, and, and I'm now I'm an accepted member of the tribe. And uh, we're preparing for a mission in Bosnia Herzegovina, right? And we're going after Pithwicks. And if you guys don't know these ridiculous, uh, I know you know a lot of them, but this is a ridiculous acronym. This is people indicted for war crime. So that was that was the thing that we did there. Okay. And so we have this mission. We're gonna you know get this guy. I don't remember the personality. I don't I have no idea. And uh, we wanted to stop the car as it drove from A to Z, wherever it was going. And so we started experimenting with ways to stop cars. And we did many things. We did the nets, we did tire, uh, like the law enforcement agents do. They, you know, tire uh, cutters. Like a spike strip. Spike strip, thank you very much. And so we did all that. And then we had this new device that we we were experimenting with from the, uh, the, the Israelis. And it was called a Simon device, and this is where people get nicknames. That, oh. Is this the? Is this the? the, the, bear, the it goes on the end of your M4. Barrel? Goes on the end of your M4. Yes, and it's a hollow charge weapon that's a standoff breaching tool. Yeah. So, you could be thirty meters away from the yeah. front door, and hit this thing. You know, it doesn't cycle yeah. your weapon. You got to yeah. recharge your weapon to go back into work. Right, and it goes blasting the door down, and you could do it from a distance. 
<clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, the boss said, hey, look, we got a car. We're going to see what it does to the car. The car. Yeah. Okay. Does, it, does it immobilize a car? And we had a car, obviously, on the range. And then we decided we would shoot it against the, the wheel, front wheel, front motor, you know, uh, front motor, the, the motor. Yeah. And uh, it, it worked. We could see that this was going to work. Right. So we take a couple shots at it. We do our thing and we leave. And now we go up to prepare for this mish. And uh, God says, hey, you know what? Your mission's changed. Your team will be beyond this one point, wherever it is. And if that car gets through here, everybody gets the good news. I'm like, wow, that's easy. Everybody gets the good news? Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. I got a machine gun for that. Right? We get, everybody gets it. Yeah, we got an app for that, right? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, everywhere. yeah so we, we go back down range, though, and we decide that we're going to say, well, we have the Simon device. Let's see what it does to targetry on the inside of the vehicle. And that's how this whole thing started. So we go back, and we put targets in there, and we want to see what's going to happen when the Simon device strikes the the cab of the car. Yeah. And uh, sure, we, we never done this before. Man, this is new, right? So we just went down there and took a medic, me and my buddy Bill. We go down there, and uh, I shoot the car, and I hit the B-pillar right on the B-pillar. So A-frame being front left of the... B pillar being the pillar between front seat and back seat. I'm glad you explained that because there's a bunch of morons <laughs> yeah. out there that don't know where that is. Guys, it's A, B, and C when you talk about frames of a car. So a's there's, the there's front, men. The so middle. this is the problem, right? We're going to segue into yeah. other crap going on here, yeah. but that's, there's a problem with men that don't understand where the A and B pillar are in a car. <laughs> okay. So the A pillar is right where the windscreen, exactly right, what, yeah. where the windscreen holds, right? And the B pillar is that, oh, obviously A and then B follows A, the pillar right there. Well, it struck that B pillar. Made a really cool explosion, and it threw the door right back into my face. Oh! <laughs> so it wasn't the complete door; it was the skin of the door, which was plenty. Yeah. Um, and then Med would say, "You know, how come you didn't duck?" I I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I don't know because it was probably nanoseconds. It, it was really fast. Yeah. You know, it was. We well, had yeah, talked about that too. You know, well, now, but that okay. So this is a tool, right? Things happen for reasons. And then later on, we understood that we would never do that in that kind of angle anymore. We would have a much greater angle yeah. so that this would never happen to anybody. Um, but I, I, I was struck by the door. I took a knee and uh, I was spitting stuff out, most, mostly blood and teeth. And uh, I told uh, Paul was our medic and he said, you're good. He, he goes, are you good? I said, I'm good. I'm good. And he goes, no, you're not getting Humvee. You're not good. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I jumped in Humvee and uh, went back. Immediately, we, you know, we're, we're graced. I'm jaded with a, there's a medical center right on on, the, on site. Went straight to there. Uh, that's, that's where you saw those photos that yeah. I got. Yeah. And I had a giant hematoma on my left face, on my left side. This is where the predominant strike was. And, yeah, who knows? You probably could see some, some scars here and whatnot. But yeah, I broke my neck, uh, broke my jaw. I lost six teeth. I, I lost three total. Uh, uh, three other teeth were broken. So they had to be repaired, obviously. But um, And I got uh, I got traked for it. Um, yeah, so it was uh, it was pretty sporty. Did they did they go in and do the neck surgery and everything? No, or? so the, 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 the neck break was actually minor. 
So, you know, can I say that I broke my neck and survived? Yes. Just a minor neck break. As minor yeah, as a neck break. I was going to say, what's a minor neck break? Well, I don't, I don't know the... Uh, C4, C... Uh, there's a point at which you get paralyzed. I think the higher... The wings. What are the three, wings four, called? Uh, I don't okay. know what they're called, but I know... You yeah. know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. So they were broken or cracked. Um, but, you know, in the end, uh, it all worked out. Uh, I, it showed me a lot about me. It showed me a lot about the men that... Uh, that even run the organization to the the men that are around you every day. Uh, there was a speech I gave. I said, you know, every day it had to be cleaned. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. Every day uh, I was on, I mean, I was on a crap ton of morphine. And then and there was this retro to that. Uh, I would have episodes where I would, you know, throw the brace off and, you know, and yeah. yell and scream. And I don't even remember that. So there was cool things like that happened. Cool um, things. But I would tell, I would tell my wife. I say, "Hey, uh, you guys would call me. You know, Kyle would call me, Paul would call me, Joel was a great friend of mine. He called me. He's, and I got off the phone and I said, that is a good mf'er right there. That dude's a great dude.' And she said, "You know what? I'm tired about hearing the great dudes. I'm, I'm just tired. Of it. Tell me who the who the crappy dudes are." Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I haven't found any. Yeah, they're not my I, friends. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't just friends. These people, again, you know, that's part of the organization's hallmark. You know, the people are combed through and picked through and really sifted to be really the best people. Yeah, but the spirit. You I, better have yeah. some great dudes with you if you're going to do some hairy stuff. I got to be telling I, you. know, I tell people even today, right, all the time, if someone's thinking about going this journey, I said that you, it's just amazing. It's always been amazing to me. I, I think we touched it last time we were here, but I, I just... I'm, I'm constantly uh, amazed by how this particular group of men can do the things that they do all, all, all the time. So that was that was it. So then I wore, uh, I didn't go on the mission, by the way. Did, did I no. <laughs> well, I can imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody deployed but me. Uh, my tail was firmly ensconced between my legs. Uh, and uh, uh, I remember, like, raising my boy uh, to the Christmas tree. I got to stay home for Christmas because we did this right before Christmas. Uh, but the other cool things were it was welcome to the army for my wife as well. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, we got we just got married in two thousand, oh, and this okay. was right after that. And uh, you know, Dale Daly was the JSOC commander, and he's saying, "I'll I'll walk your dogs for you if you need it. I'll do whatever." People would, wow. you know, the 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 support was it was amazing, it was just amazing. So, so what was the recovery time? Uh, about a, it was a month and change. That's it. For yeah, all of that, I had to wear the. I had to, my jaw was wired shut for a, a month. Uh, jaw wired shut for a month. I wore a collar for a long time, and then uh, so Dutch did not speak for a month. Or <laughs> so milk, milkshakes. It was milkshakes, baby. Milkshakes all the time. Protein awesome. milkshake. Protein, yeah. protein. Yeah, milk, give me a protein milkshake. That sounds kind of awesome. Yeah, and it was. Hey, do you want to put, you know, steak in it? No. No, that sounds terrible. Yeah. No, that's that. Do that. I did eight milkshakes for thirty days. Yeah, pretty much protein milkshakes for thirty days. Do you drink them now? Oh yeah, but I, I yeah, don't, I don't have to suck through a straw. Yeah, that's true. And here's another thing. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen a man drink a beverage with a straw. You probably have done it before. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. Anymore. <laughs> you know that, I'm with you on that. You, one. I mean, seriously, yeah. right? Especially, Real men do not use straws, especially not a milkshake. <laughs> Real men don't use straws, man. I just. You, you ever see that big dude, that giant German, uh, you know, 
genetic dude freak. He's in the gym and he's you know deadlifted five thousand pounds or whatever else. Yeah, that's, that's and then me. he goes yeah. to the he goes to the uh, the counter and gets a smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sucking on a straw like, like a hummingbird trying to get nectar. Resilience. Coming back off of that, how long did it take before you get back into, you know, back in the a, mix. yeah, a speed? I on I have to be honest with you, Rob. I don't remember. I don't remember how long it took. Really? I don't remember. I don't say you know it took me seventy five days. I remember going right back to work. You know, I the, the men were gone. Yeah. Uh, I took thirty days leave for convalescent. I had to wear uh, the thing on my mouth for thirty days. I wore a collar for a while and uh, went back to work. But I'm assuming that you wanted to get back into the fight, and you did not want to let the boys down. So yes. when, so you did every damn thing you could to get to the point of when they arrived back on the scene, there was no break. There was yeah. no difference. That's fine to go to work. Yeah. 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 Get, you know, go to, go to work if, if I could, right? Get on, the, get on some sort of cardio machine, you know? Yeah. Get, get, get back. You got to get back on the horse, man. So, well, yeah. well, I'd imagine, and I, I think a lot of people don't know this, but there's a lot of things you can do for that organization that don't involve you on the ground. Sure. Running around. Sure. So you were probably doing as much as you could as soon as could. you could. Whatever I could. In any role. You know, I remember guys in the hallway going, ah, it's funny, man. Yeah, I knew it was you. You'd survive that because you lift so much weights. Oh, yeah. Your neck is really thick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. That worked out. That all worked awesome. out, man. Uh, so it's like, you know, when you... When you talk about resilience with anyone, whether it's uh, like Redmond, what Redmond did he get? Navy SEAL got shot in the face. Uh, you know, he was ruined. Whether it's guys like Goggins, or if it's like Roy Benavidez, who in Vietnam was shot. In, right. How many times that he got shot? Right? Is that guy even real? Yeah. yeah. Story of all time, dude. That's that indigenous blood, man. Yeah, man. You that's like a, zipping him that's up. A he's spitting kind of in the dude's face. Different like, I'm not kind of man. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the shit. It's right a fantastic there, story, and and but it's you just what. It all comes down to what are you prepared to do? What do you want? What do you want? You want to be you want to be a victim? Then by all means, go go yeah. to the back of the room, right? Get in a fetal position and quit. Yeah, or don't. Was there someone you thought about while you were going through this, and you're like, okay, this is similar to like Roy Benavidez or somebody like that? What that you're like, okay, this is my inspiration, or this is like if this guy could do this, it's much harder than what I'm going through, albeit what you went through is extremely hard. No, I, I, it was harder without a doubt for guys like, you know, you know, to be in combat, to be shot numerous times and then to continue right. to do what he did. Or even guys like Redmond, I didn't even know who he was then at the time. Besides, he was wounded in uh, Fallujah long before I was injured, long after rather, I was injured in, right. uh, in, uh, in Fort Bragg. But so, so the, the, the real answer to your question is no. But to me, I think I looked at maybe a little bit more, I don't want to say narcissistic, but a little bit more self-centered. I don't want to lose this opportunity, one. Yeah, yeah. And I can see where yeah. I'm, I'm being supported in a great way. Uh, I, you know, i got to get back in here and, yeah. get, and get working. Yeah. Um, but isn't there, isn't there already kind of a, I wouldn't call it a motto, but what, what is mentioned as basically, you know, you got to earn every day kind of thing. And I forget what it is. You know, it's uh, the Navy SEALs love it, right? Yeah, every day was yesterday. The hardest day was yesterday. Or right, yeah. Right. But, but no, but, but for what you were in, there is also something. Selection is an ongoing process. That. Um, you know, so whatever you do, right, yeah. obviously affects your longevity here at this organization. So, you know, accidental discharges. 
Um, wait, 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 wait. Failure. You, you guys have those? Failure. Every every organization that plays with guns will have those, right? Okay, it doesn't yeah. matter who they are. But, yeah. but obviously, if, if there's a if, if a man has an accidental discharge uh, and makes it a habit, yeah. then, you know, and it's not, I'll, I will tell you this too, the organization will say that they don't want the the best people, they want the right people. Yeah. So if there's someone, I, I, I mean, I knew guys that had an accident and then had to leave and came back. I knew guys that had an accident, me, and then was I was I money was removed from my pocket um, because you're also part of an organization that, you know, uh, an E6 here, an 82nd Airborne or an E6 and 101st or 3rd ID, wherever, uh, the E6 there is getting more money. He's getting demo pay. He's getting jump pay. He's getting a danger, dangerous pay. And then later on, of course, there was, there was operator pay. So, yeah, you got, yeah, we, well, we can take your money. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're on probation. You take yeah. your money, you're on probation. You make this a habit, obviously, you're going to be fired. You can't do this anymore. So, yeah, most of the time, training removes that, you know, long before you ever get to be part of the tribe. But, right. You know, but sometimes right. it happens. It just does. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's it's culture where it's like okay, we one we've invested this much into you. Two, we know our process for selecting you, so we know more or less your worth. Can you live up to that? You know, and then yeah, everybody makes mistakes. We're humans, and especially in a high pressure environment, but they're willing to say, okay, you made the mistake. This is this is how you make amends. Yeah, remain a valuable member of this team point. rather and than you know some of the organizations you and I've been involved in before, where it's like. Uh, you stepped on your crank, get out. No, there's yeah. a yeah. There, so again, this organization works on common sense and and good leadership. So if this doesn't work, can we can we bypass this? Can we change this? Can we work this out? Or 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 is it is it a blanket term? You know, and there are times there. Sure. Obviously, you have to go. But yeah, and they went and it worked out. So, but yeah, I have plenty of resilient stories. Um, you know, right after give or take, uh, it was before the war started. Uh, my back was killing me. Um, I went to Walter Reed, and a uh, neurosurgeon said, you're a great candidate for laminectomy discectomy. Uh, I what said, the hell is that? Uh, I said, great, so let, let's do that. No, let's do it tomorrow. You know, I want to do it yesterday because I want to get in the fight here. I can't, right. you know, I can't feel my left leg, or, or I can't do what I need to do because my back hurts so much. Uh, so laminectomy discectomy is removing some disc and removing some bone so the, the nerve center is clear. Because it's causing this whole thing in my left leg, and then uh, he—he his name was Manachi. He's a great guy. He said, "Hey, uh, guess what? You're going to need this again." I said, "We can't do this right now twice." He was, he goes, "It's not going. It's not the way it works." He really? was very prophetic. Seven years later, number two, yep. bam. Wow. But before number, right when number one was over, when I was, I fast roped with uh, with kid on. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm clear. I can, I can fast rope a kid on without pain. Yeah. I'm good. And then the towers came down. So it was it was just right there where I'm like, all right, now we're good, right? I'm good. And then seven yeah. years later, had it again. Oh. Seven years later, had it again. So now I'm at four. <laughs> How many lives do you have in you? <laughs> well, at some point. He, he knows. I don't know. At some point, the fusion's going to come at that point. So I had, that's number four was the fusion. Okay. okay. There you go. You don't do the disectomy and labonectomy without knowing that the fusion is coming anywhere from a decade to decade and a half later. Yeah, so that that'd be something that we'll I would love to feed you those photographs. And now the, the fusion was the most important. Uh, it's limited 
my movement slightly, but yeah. I could do anything I wanted to now. And, and really? I was like, wow, how come I couldn't do this first? It just yeah. wasn't. It just wasn't the way the back was made. Not yeah. yours, not my personal back. You know, it just wasn't made right. that way. Yeah, but you've you've had to recover from back injuries. So yeah, I well, I've been offered. Uh, I I think I just haven't accessed the right surgeon. Um, but you know, they want to do the. They want to go straight to fusions, plates, yep. pins, yep. stuff like that. You know, but they also every doc I've ever talked to, they're like, we're gonna we're gonna go the a more extreme route or a more aggressive route, in my opinion. And they're always like, you shouldn't be riding horses, you shouldn't be deadlifting, you shouldn't be, you know, doing all of these things that I love to do. And I, I just don't believe them because if I go and talk to a doctor, and they they say, okay, uh, I see an X-ray and surgery, but they haven't asked me about my diet, how often I'm doing mobility training, how often yep. I'm doing what my sleep is, what my diet is, like all this stuff, then they don't have a full picture. You know, I've never tried. Um, intense yoga for six or seven weeks at a time, but I did intense PT down at Exos in Florida um, in Pensacola and that took 10 years off the clock and I went to riding horses for five, six, seven hours a day, young horses with Austin Shepard, the famous cutting horse trainer. Nice. And you know, that, that's something doctors told me 10 years ago I should be doing. Left, right, left, right, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I watch me, not as, me not as much. I was, I was more like the like get this this three-year-old settled down a little bit before I get on him because you're the crash test. I think me. that's super cool because I would. It's so much fun. Here's, I rode a horse when I was I was in Germany mm-hmm. uh, years ago, and I want to do it again. I just need to get yeah. I need to get find some real cowboys. Oh, just and more. I, I got you. We'll talk after right, this. Right, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Moore County, North Carolina, mm-hmm. it's not cowboys. It's uh, it's show. It's yeah. jumping. Yeah. Jumping yeah. and shows. It's yeah. uh, jumping horses, yeah. which is that's cool. I get it. I mean, that's it, super cool. Yeah, but there's a lot of English saddle. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of jumping. A lot of European. Yeah, a lot of yeah. European stuff. I, you know, there's blankets on horses. Yeah. I'm like, what blankets on a horse? It's, it's North Carolina. It's not Montana. Yeah, we're not in Banff. <laughs> we're not in Alberta. Where there's some real cowboys up there in Alberta, right? Um, so, anyways, uh, but yeah. So when I talk resiliency, and I'm going to do it in uh, Wisconsin this year. And that's one of the things, and I just—it's so—it's—it's it's, to me, it's just that. What are you prepared to do? I'll, I'll do that over and over again. But go ahead. What do you got? Oh, uh, we're directing the light. Stop, I know you are. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I was with Rob. Are you good right there? <laughs> sorry. Nice. We were, we're trying, trying to, to make a off. shadow. You try so, to take the sun out of burning your retina. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're in when you're in a unit like that, like you have some external factors that are very compelling when it comes to why you should be resilient, why you should overcome this. Because I mean, you've got the, the golden ticket, right? I mean, you got to earn it every day. Don't get me wrong, but you're there, right? And it took so much to get through the door. But now you're not in that unit anymore. So when you face adversity and when you face hardship, what what's driving you forward? What What's in your mind when you're like, okay, I'm up against this. I, I got to fight through or I got to quit. That's a cool question. One, what are you prepared to do right now as a man yeah. on this pl- in America? Mm-hmm. We, we know that the rubber band is being stretched right now. And so to me, how am I going to make it a, a great example for my children? Number one. Okay. How am I going to protect my family? Uh, and then how do I protect others around me? And if I done all these things for 31 years, right? So now I'm, it's obligation to me, right? And then, so when I just gave this speech in uh, Kentucky at the Kentucky TOA, I said, uh, one of the things I finished with is look to your left, look to your right. 
those are the people that are important, not you, yeah. not you, not you at all. So you know, we I I trademarked the thing. My sword is your shield. It's that comes from the Roman phalanxes and the Greek hoplites yep. that fought long ago, and they actually made. You know, a guy, the hoplite, his shield was actually for someone else. Yep. Right. Hmm. Right. Well, well he had right. his, his spear, his little spear here, yep. but his shield was made for someone else. Look, I'm that's, getting, getting to a slush. That's right, the term right hand man, that's yes. where that comes from. Yes, it is. Because your right hand is what you're using. That's your sword hand. And your right hand man is carrying his shield on in his, his left hand, hand to be so, your right hand man. Right. So yeah. you're. I, I don't want to stop number one, right? I, I have right. a debt. So I, I read a book a long time ago. Uh, called gratitude. Um, funny right now, I can't think of uh, Mr. Buckley, uh, William F. Buckley, and he wrote this book called Gratitude. And it's just having the gratitude that comes th th from the men that the women that came before you. Revolutionary, Civil War, all the other wars, and you know, law enforcement officers. Were, you know, I have, I have a debt. I am, you know, I, <laughs> I segue. I talked to my dad. I said, hey, when do you stop paying dues? He said, I'll let you know. <laughs> he's, he's 86. You know, so we, we don't ever stop. And we, yeah. need to, we need to remember that, right? You're, you're not stopping. So you're not stopping paying dues. You're not stopping owing debts. Uh, we owe these people that came along before us that made this place a great place. And, you know, and, and sadly, again, with the rubber band stretching uh, metaphor, uh, you know, it might be getting ugly right now. It might be scary. It's a little scary. It's sporty. I think there's there's a lot of things that are that are scary, and I think it's easy to despair. You know, you look at the news and, and you look at you know values that oppose your own, and and it's it's really easy. And it doesn't really matter what side of the spectrum you're on. You know, I think people on both sides are are scared. I think it's important to remember though that the human race has never been more prosperous. It's never been more productive. It's never been yep. safer. You know, I mean, we don't worry about infant mortality rates. That's not even a thing that people think of anymore. We don't worry about, you know, we talk about food insecurity, but people aren't really starving. You know, an abject poverty is as, as lower oh, than it has ever been I'll, in the history of thank humanity. You. No, and I, I, totally and I think, agree. like, look, we have a ton of work to do. I mean, if we're going to talk about the things that are going on in society, there's a ton of work to do in, in so many arenas. But at the same time, like, it's important to take take a minute go outside look at your community like are the terrible things you see on the news happening in your neighborhood are they happening happening in your city or or wherever you happen to live and if the answer is no then take heart in that yep. because you're part of a good community yep. and and that you can make better by all means you know and if you do happen to see those things well then get out and do it you know because the guys that are sitting on the national news and the guys that are sitting in washington they have very very little influence and control over what's going to happen locally you know especially if you're standing with your community totally so agree with that. it all starts locally all 100 period so it all starts locally. you know i i think that well, I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm going to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's all right, man. We're, we're diving down to the rabbit so, hole anyway. A little bit. Well, little I, I want to get to uh, something that's kind of near and dear to your heart, which is around leadership and stuff as well. So, you know, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. One, what? give me an example, and you don't have to give me, you know, a name or anything like that, but give me an example through your military career of a specific time without naming names of what you would ex uh, say uh, was a good leader. Um, and then give me, on the opposite, a mission, a time, or where you saw, even in Garrison or whatever, 
poor leadership. Okay. Oh, yeah. So that's it's a great question. And I, I do have some examples. So a good friend of mine, I'll name names. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. Every, <laughs> so when you tell stories, everyone has a name. That's yeah. Right. So yeah. I knew this guy. No, everyone has a name. John Spiso uh, was a platoon sergeant of mine in 175. Yeah. And we he, know Spiso. He, we he, do know Spiso. He wrote a book. He wrote a book. <laughs> I know called, very well. Uh, he wrote a book about secrets of leadership, right? Yeah. He uh, yep. lives in the uh, Vegas area right now. I just spoke with him the other day via text. But he. JB. Yep, JB. When, when I was. I didn't know. Have you done a thing with him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. We're trying to get him back on, but that guy is busy. J- he is. JB and I actually went to college together at Fort Benning, and I never knew it. And then my uh, one of the uh, guys who used to be on this podcast that worked for me for a period of time phoned me up, and he's like, you know who that is, right? He actually sat in the classroom and everything, and then we talked about uh, how he was like the like the smart guy in the class and everything, you know? And... Uh, so, yeah, then fast forward, we're doing this podcast. JB comes on the show and everything and uh, was phenomenal. But like yeah. you said, wrote books on leadership yep. and everything else. So, yeah, so he's, he's doing that. Watching him as a platoon star and then somebody was, we were doing individual movement techniques. For those of you who don't know individual movement techniques, the Army has, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's high crawl, it's low crawl, high crawl, and, and three to five second rush. And what we would add to it was a three to five second rush while firing. So that was a... That was a thing we did. So someone, the way I remember it, I think we were in Panama. I don't know exactly where we were, but somebody w- was told to do this high crawl, and they, they, they did it very poorly. And then JB, you know, saw our first class. You know, you're in charge of 40 dudes. You don't have to do anything. Right? He showed them, this is exactly what I want, and it was very motivated about the whole thing. And I'm like, that's... I want that. Now, yeah. you know, we need this. We need somebody who knows it. Got, and with, not with demeaning anyone. It just it's, It was a good leadership example. Like, you're going to do it this way because yeah. I can. It's yeah, easy. Right. You need to be fired up and do it this he way. Coach them up. Yeah. yeah. And so. <laughs> well, let's put this in perspective, too, a little bit, too, because this is 175. Yeah. Okay. Again, intense. Um, maybe not always, you know, like usually riding somebody, I would think, right? Um, less than. Uh, you, you tell me. I mean, wait, in, wait, wait, 70, wait. in the battalion. If, you you're, know, if it's, you're in a line platoon and battalion, maybe not necessarily a specialty platoon, but a line platoon, an infantry company. No, specialty platoons, too. Specialty platoons, too. I mean, being yeah. ridden. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so, a, so it's usually much more intense. No, no, no. I'm so saying, John was intense. So J- oh, okay. John so was intense. I thought you were saying JB was more of a calm demeanor. No, like, no, he was intense, but he showed you this method <laughs> yeah. that through doing, yeah. highly motivated. And then, you know, FM 22 100 tells us be, no and do. Yep. Right? right? He was that guy. Okay. And he, this is how you do this. I'm showing you right now. And he did it with yeah. passion, fervor, ability, and, you know, yeah. whatever that was, whatever that task might have been. And then, uh, so that was a good leadership example, right? Obviously. Uh, later on in my career, uh, I had a guy named Bob. I'm not going to go with last names. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's probably we'll just calling Bob. It's later he on. He was awesome. <laughs> loved him. And he's controversial. I'll tell you right now. I loved him. And he was hard. Hard. Which is good, right? Uh, Irwin Rommel, Patton, whomever else. I'm pretty sure it was Irwin Rommel said it first, but sweat saves blood in combat. So, yes. you know, he, he understood completely that you had to work really hard 
even though you were at the tip of the spear. You know, there are prima donnas that, that go to organizations that, oh, I'm, I've reached this level. Don't got to do that anymore. Oh, yeah, you do, by the way. And then so. you need leaders. And you have to do it better than everybody else. You do. And you need leaders that will show you that. Um, um, segue to Band of Brothers. There are some examples of uh, Lieutenant Sobel in the first episode of Band of Brothers that they hated him, but they obviously benefited from his poor leadership because he became became hated, of course, and they ended up losing their job, but they were better because of it. Now, he did it wrong. Well, you, <laughs> you learn you from clearly see that. Example. You yeah. do, right. Nate. You do. <laughs> so, Bob would, you'd go on a mission, right? You'd be on uh, two weeks away on a mission, and then flying back, you'd reconfigure in the airplane, you'd get a whole new warning order, op order on the airplane, plan for it, and you'd work another You'd work another crap ton of time, uh, but you're supposed to be home now, right? No, but no, now you're, and it's hot out or whatever it was. I mean, it's right. always hot in North Carolina. It's always hot in Georgia. You know, so now you're, now you're, you have to do this mish, right? And then it was after action reviews were not kumbaya parties. Right. They were hard. Hey, you didn't do that right. You screwed that up. You, you know, who, who did this? Who shot this? This yeah. is wrong, right? You're, what are you, what are you screwing around with? Anyway, so that was hard. And that was good to me, but it was also controversial because he was hard. But I had a conversation with a couple other guys uh, outside my team room, and Bob came up, and I was discussing. I said, here's the thing to me. I said, you, you, know, you, you get off the airplane. You do this hard work. You slug, toil, sweat, bleed maybe. Uh, but then you go and you get the precious cargo box because you're told to. Right. And it, what's in the Craig, what's in there? Maybe it's beer and steak. And maybe your final destination is over here where there's a fire and somebody already ready with an oven and you throw yeah. that steak on there and you drink beer and you have fun. And he said, what, for doing your job? Mm. So yes, so love yeah. him. Yeah. I love the hardness, but you, go, dude, you, you're gonna have to, let's have some camaraderie, right? Let's have some, right. let's have some reward. Right. Uh, uh, first sergeant, a, a little carrot with the stick. Yes, please. Thank you, Al Brimston, first sergeant in uh, 175. I remember uh, when you know road marches were the thing, and every Thursday was a road march, yep. right? That was a PT road march, so that was easy. It was in your you know your black panties and your your t-shirts, and you'd go run, uh, you do your 12 mile or whatever. Yep. And then you know when it was time for a 25 miler, uh, we did a jump, we'd jump into Taylor's Creek, probably or something like that, in uh, Fort Stewart, and we walked for 25 miles. And then you're constantly cajoling and working with some young kid who not ever exposed to this before. I mean, that's, right. that's no joke, right? No, 25 that's, miles with 40 pounds on a jumping rope. Was that six hours? I don't know. Y'all's. Well, no, it's so if you can do no. it's four miles an hour. Four miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. This was yeah. road march for the most part. Yeah, so you're running a 15 minute mile. Yep. It's, yep. So yeah. four minutes. Yeah, four miles in an hour. That's what you got. It's a 15 minute mile. Yep. And we get to whatever spot, and he goes, Warning order. Now we're striking this target. Oh, heck yeah. So now yeah. we got squad over there looking at the target. We got these squads, you know, getting our uh, our mish together. Uh, you know, take off all your packs and stuff. But people are, you know, their feet are bleeding or bleeding. whatever. You know, whatever. Oh, yeah. And you're tired, of course. And, and your shoes are, uh, boots are wet. Yeah, yeah, everybody's wet. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's you're Fort Stewart, Georgia, yeah. right? Yeah, everything's, everything's wet. wet. You've sweat. Yeah, you have. To the... To the 
flap on your rucksack. That's exactly. It. Everything. Yeah. Everything. You're everything. soaking wet. So you do the hit, and you win, and then he brings in a five-ton truck with a yeah. bunch of pallets on it and a bunch of mermites. The pallets ignite in fire. The mermites come out, and he feeds you, and we have yeah. an after-action review right there, and right away it's... Uh, you know, Rob, get a medic to check your feet. Get a medic. Get, yeah. get 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 the medics out. Check your feet. So it's hard, 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 hard. Love, but All but right. it's but it's realistic, realistic, realistic. Now you take care of your soldiers, you kind to, of. Yeah, thing. but that's, but that's, that's also realistic. That's right? the key. That's what I'm saying. Right. So right. You do this hard stuff. Right. But then yeah. let's have a time. Let's let's have a moment. You know, that was beer there, and no beer wasn't there because. Power. You can't drink beer after a 25 mile road march. No, I've tried. You wouldn't. You wouldn't mm. want to. I've tried. We tried to do. You are sadly mistaken. No. <laughs> no. Sadly, you made a sterner no. stuff. Sadly yeah. mistaken. I'll tell you that I walked much farther than 25, and then had had a a, a, a wonderful mix of alcohol and fruit. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Jungle like, juice. Like a uh, yeah. like a glue vine. Oh. Like oh did a, you do the, that kind of thing? Did you do the? Uh, What's the one in Germany where they, the Bastogne? No, uh, I did not. The Bastogne March. Oh, but no. I would. That sounds fun. Were you ever in uh, Boselager or anything in Germany? What a who? Boselager, you ever heard of that? It no. was like a competition thing. No. Okay, never mind. No. Uh, uh, the Bastogne. Have you? Yeah. Seen the, you can, when you go to Bastogne, and then there's a giant uh, memorial there, yeah. right? And you can, you can walk up to the top of it. And it's cold when we, when we went. And uh, no one was there. And you, the, the uh, memorial is circular in nature. And it has all the casualty numbers on it from each state in the Union. It's crazy. And then you go up on top, and it shows you the battlefield. And, uh, oh, that's where Easy Company 506 was, right there, right there. So we go down, and we go right over there. And still today, there are, you know, okay, so two different armies. Germans were... Uh, much better at trenches. We were right. foxhole people. Yep. So we made foxholes in defensive, uh, you know, arrays, and they had trenches. You can see them easily today. You go there, and we we found uh, me and Pat found a uh, uh, a foxhole, and shocker, I had whiskey in a flask with me, and we drank some whiskey and poured yeah. some whiskey on the ground. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it, but it was it is everything that. To me, I mean, if you when you look at that ground, it's so terrifying. You know, variable time fuses hitting the pine trees and blowing yeah. your freaking, you know, splinters everywhere. Yep. And that little tiny hole and the cold. It was cold when we went, and it was nowhere near cold like it was cold in, in uh, well, and 44. They, and they were not well provisioned. Oh. No. Well, I, they were surrounded. They were yeah. surrounded. Let's, let's go with that. I mean, you, yeah. you got to think, <laughs> like, they got there, and they're going weeks maybe like I don't know how long without socks yeah I talked to a, an artilleryman who was there and he was telling me yeah I mean it was it was bad it was tough and he he knew that I'd been on the, I'd been on a couple deployments he's like oh, you guys are doing some tough stuff I'm like dude you were in no you were in vast stone China Beach man with, we got China Beach yeah, with I have the no internet. socks <laughs> like yeah, I we got the internet. I don't leave a, the house with somebody had socks. an Xbox. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. you like come back to the mission support site yeah. and having a beer. Yeah, yeah. Or, no. or you go to the Green Beans and you oh. get your latte. Oh, that crap! And yeah, you go or jump a Pizza on Hut or a Burger King or yeah, something. Yeah, you crap. jump on the MWR. Like, oh, it's war tough. is hard. Yeah. yeah, 
Shut your, your, your mouth. Your grandfather got like two letters in a year and a half. Yeah, yeah shut your mouth. Yeah, he was in Patton's Third like, Army and went from is, North Africa all the way to the best. I mean, even, so. I, I'll age myself. I mean, I, I will, I'll try to keep uh, Dutch out of this because I know we're um, started out somewhat in the same period. But uh, I mean, because I'm older than you, is that what you mean? No, no, no. I'm actually older than you. But uh, oh, I think, my, what a hair! I don't know. Somewhere around that same time frame. Fifty-eight. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sixty. Oh, see, you are older. So <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll edit that part out. Usually, so, usually <laughs> no. Why? Why would you? Usually, <laughs> I, I, usually right. I play that card right away. I go, I bet you I'm older than you anyway. And yep. usually I am. So yeah, no, 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 not this case. But anyway, back in the day, you know, if you wanted, if you had a significant other or a spouse or something like that. I'd have my wife actually start writing letters before I left to go to the field because yeah. you wouldn't get them for 30 days, the first letter, and then they would start coming in, you know, or two weeks or something like that. Yeah. How He's long very it took- sweet, Kyle. He's very sweet. <laughs> He's I, a I, sentimental yeah, guy. I didn't do that. Yeah, when it, the, the letters I wrote were, I'm completely, ex- uh, I'm, 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 uh, I have reached uh, room temperature, and <laughs> this is now yours, and I loved you for that long, and now I'm dead. That's what... <laughs> That's, that's the letters I wrote when I left. <laughs> oh, we always wrote that letter, man. Every year, every time I left, I wrote a new letter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Yep. I'm finished. I'm dead. Yeah. Don't forget to read your books and eat your vegetables, yeah. kid. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. That's, so for those of you who are listening along, you have when you get in country very often, or we always did it in country, um, but right at the beginning of a deployment or shortly after you arrive, you do your dead guy picture. Oh, uh, yeah. Before you leave, you update your blue book. Oh, yeah, you got to do uh, all kinds of stuff. Which is, is, and then, is, is held by your company um, training room, and it's just instructions on what to do if you, yeah. the worst case scenario. Oh, yeah, you had to pass. update everything. everything. Yeah. And and you're you, supposed to update it every year. If you don't have a bro telling you to write a letter, you need to write a letter. Yeah. Just, yeah. If, if you're still know. in the I, Army right now, write the letter. Mm-hmm. I say, fuck that letter. Believe in yourself. I never. I wrote it once. <laughs> When I was hey, a guess, private. guess what? That doesn't work. It doesn't work. A lot of <laughs> how many dudes you think were in the foxhole that believed in themselves and a, an 88 millimeter shell landed right oh, between them? And 100%. Disintegrated. Yeah, yeah, that is reality. Recoilless oh, yeah. rifle I, away I, from your letter not meaning shit. Thank I you. I did, it my, yeah, I did it my first deployment and then I never Dish did it again. Cut. I was like, I won't be here to figure it out. Dude. Fuck it. Come oh, man. Come on. <laughs> All right. So, worst leader example. Oh. Well, I. Actually, could, could I rephrase your yeah, question? Yeah, 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 yeah. What is the best lesson, lesson you've you learned, learned from the worst? From your worst years. Okay. Because we often yeah. learn from a negative example. Everybody has one. Even if you don't oh, know it, you I, have one. Multiple. That's funny. I don't, I don't, uh, I guess I don't dwell on any of those. I gave you those three really good examples. And then, you know, one example that I wish he went just a little bit farther, but. Well, the only reason why uh, uh, I think no, they I, bring that up and I, I bring I it up, one. yeah, because I think uh, a lot of times people actually learn more. Some do learn more from bad examples. One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. My first platoon sergeant uh, was not a good example. Uh, was absent a lot. The commission officer did all the all the real work. Um, you know, I knew nothing about this guy. I was nineteen. I was eighteen, nineteen years old. I don't know, but. Uh, but yeah, so there's that. I mean, I, but I don't, I don't remember anything that really stuck out and said. Uh, fair enough. So terrible. Because yeah. I think again, I think some people like really focus on. All right, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do that again. They learn lessons while you took the good lessons and said, "That's what I want to do. That's yeah. what I want to do. That's what I want to do." Neither case is wrong. Nope. It's just that sometimes what you don't understand is 
what do they call it? The leadership shadow, the, the shadow that you're casting out there. What kind of light or shadow do you want to put that people understand, you know, where the, when they read your epithet? Epithet? Is that right? Yeah, epithet. You're epithet. right. Yeah. You're good. Epithet yeah. some... What do you want it to say on it? And yeah. what is it? What? What do you want it to, uh, to leave there? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? No, you know? I, want, I, I hope that, that men who have served under me uh, know me as fair, firm but fair. Firm yeah. but, fair. but fair. I'll always, I will, you know, even today, right, if, we, if I do a course, yeah. uh, I, and I develop, I've never been to this range before, so I'll just work with the assets at hand. I'll, I'll put together a shoot, right? Yeah. And I'll do it first, every time. You, you're yeah. not going to get that from me, you know. You're not, you're not going to get me. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'll just set up for you to do. Right, no, right. I'll do it first, and I'll set the lead by example. I'll set the time too. Yeah. I want you to beat my time. Right. So, and if it's worth it to you, let's go. I want. I want to. I'll demonstrate everything that I do in the course, and I hope that guys and, and gals that came to me before will say, he told me the why, the leadership mm. portion of the why. Yeah. Why do you do this? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a why behind that. There's, yeah. There's most likely a why behind it. You know, the evolution of combat. Like, so, you know, my, my intermediate course or probably the most popular is called Evolutionary Gunfighter. But to me, that it's there's an evolution. I heard another guy who's oh, one of my peer group gave a IG podcast type thing, and he, said, he was talking about the evolution. And that's why I call it that. Um, you know, when I first did up drills as a ranger, I shot two shots right. and quit. Two yes. shots, quit. Two shots, quit. There was no third sight picture. There was no why behind any of it. Nope. Combat changed some of that, obviously. Yeah. We evolved into a smarter, better shooter. So why don't we do this, you know? So there's the why behind it. So I, I, I want to always, always and never are difficult words because they're hardly ever happening, always and never. Mm-hmm. But I want to try most, most of the time to make sure that somebody leaves knowing the why. That's a perfect example of a leader I had one time said, if you're not giving them the why, you're giving them the D. You're fucking them over if you're not telling them why you're doing something. <laughs> I guess I never looked at it that way. D. But. D. Yeah. Well, and, and, I don't know and, what that uh, means. But, yeah, whatever. Cheers to your cup. Give them the why so you're not, you're not screwing them over about you know, what, they're, what they're there to do. I know what you that's, mean. That's and, also, yeah. I, I can't remember which famous horse trainer said this, but... Um, oh, I think it was Bill Riddle, cutting horse legend, Hall of Fame. But he says, if they can't tell you why they're doing it, then you need to start asking questions about yeah. who's training. Yeah. You. I mean, they, look, it could be working. There may be a good reason. But if the person you're learning from can't give you the why, are they a teacher or are they just parroting what they yes. learned wherever they were? So let's take, let's take that because there are – I've seen a lot of stuff coming out lately about the – the tactical, tactical, you know, aspect, you know, where you've got to be very careful about where you're receiving your training from. And I don't care whether it's weapons or whatever it is. If you're learning lessons or how to do something, you best make sure that, to, to your example, that you're getting it from the best and they're explaining the why. Yeah, there's plenty of frauds out there for sure. Um, I just saw a, a video. I'm, I'm on a professional thread of 20 or more dudes on IG that uh, Mickey Shook had started from Kerry Trainer, and he, I really, I like Mick, he's a great dude, uh, not military or law enforcement background, mm. he's just, he, he understands it, he knows the why, he's been to a lot of classes, right. and now he does his own thing, and he's really good at it. Um, the, the, the guy was, uh, in the video, was shooting 
from you know me to you. Yeah. Not, not even me to you. It was this close. And, and he's like, yeah, ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. I'm like, yeah. Oh, what I saw that. I saw three, three, of, three of them, yeah. right? And he's, yeah. What was that? That's what I was wondering. I was thinking, one of those is going to ricochet back. Yeah. You know? Maybe he was, uh, look, to his credit, maybe he was using frangible ammunition. Okay. So, you know, I'll shoot that close to frangible, but the whole thing. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes out there that do weird stuff. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll name names again. Instructor Zero, right? When he does this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he does this bizarre, super over the shoulder look around after yeah. you shoot. I mean, there's no, there's no need for that. There's, there's, they're range theatrics. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. What Pat so, throws it out there as I, range theatrics. Like, Pat has talked about that, right? Dude, yeah. They're like falling to the ground, like, well, guys, don't just fall down like this, like they fall in a pile or whatever. Like, what are you doing? With, like, why are, we, why are we doing this at the end? Why don't we just keep it a sight picture and stay in? And, and I really do believe that sports shooting has a lot of stuff to offer, yeah. and so does tactical Definitely. stuff. Yeah. They have a lot. There's a there's got to be a marriage. Uh, there's a couple guys out there that are doing good jobs doing marriage and marrying it up and. And you know, a guy in Missouri a long time ago, he said, "You show me something cool." I said, "You know, I'm not sure I have something cool to show you, but if you do this, like this, like a million times, it'll look cool for somebody else." Um, That's I don't have something cool to show because <laughs> every once in a while, somebody not very often anymore because I've been I'm not in that game, nor do I want to be. But every once in a while, somebody's like, "Hey, I saw this cool thing. Is it good? Is it bad?" I'm like, you know, how good are you at the basics? Have you mastered the fundamentals 100%? And when does that done? even happen, by the way? I'm waiting yeah. for it. What, what did, uh, Glad, was it Gladwell, right? Uh, and outliers, 10,000 hours right. to do a thing to right. become an expert. Yep. Yeah. I'll submit to you that me and some of my peers are well over 10,000 hours, but, yes. when do you, but you still see things wrong, right? You, yeah, if sure. you videotape yourself, if you, you know, if you're drawing from the appendix carrier, you're drawing from the three o'clock, you know, you still see, I got to do that better. I got to do this yeah. better. I got to change that. that. That's no good anymore. Uh, or, or you realize how quickly it's perishable because maybe you're, you're reviewing the tape and you're like, okay, that's grade A. That's good. But Don't do it for a month. Yeah. yeah. And then Absolutely. go and do it again. And guess what? You're back to working on it again. It's to me it, and I think this applies to everything, but do the basics. Do the basics, do the basics. When you have those mastered, maybe seek out advanced techniques, but you'll know when you're ready to seek advanced technique, techniques because what you're doing, you, you can no longer improve upon. And when you reach that yeah. point, I'd like to come well, to your well, class. How do you do that, too? Right? You do it with a timer or you do it with video. Right. You see, I can do this in this amount of time, so yeah. can I do it now faster? Can I do it now faster, safer? Right. And I've learned, too, by the way, uh, yeah. So, you know, there was a, somebody called me an absolutist once because I had a, an opinion about one thing. Um, an, an absolutist, I have plenty of opinions on a lot of things, as you know. Is that why you're laughing? Why are you laughing at me? Anyways, so. Laughing yes. with you. <laughs> so I'm, I don't believe I am an absolutist, but uh, as you may have learned in Ranger School, right, that's a preferred technique, not necessarily the, the sorry, that is a technique, not necessarily a preferred technique, but a technique right. nonetheless. There's smarter ways to go about things. There's there's muscle economics. There's you know there's movement economics. Uh, but again, but I did learn, right from another good guy out in California, Mike. He's like, if you can go from A to Z, meanwhile you you're safe and you rescue yes. the princess yes. or you stop the bad guys from using the widget or yes. whatever it is. Uh, 
You're still successful. It's outcomes based. It's not procedural based. Mm, it's outcomes based. Yeah, you know, yeah. So um, um, I don't do, I don't do three gun competitions. Uh, <laughs> I have done three gun competitions. I don't anymore. Yeah. But there's a lot to learn from those cats. Yeah. Uh, but also some of the stuff that they do use to be uh, grandmaster qualified or to, to be in a in a lineup. <laughs> It's not practical at all. We talking right. about those guys at like AMU, they're on Fort Benning that those dudes can shoot their ass off. Well, but I don't know if the range was flipped the other way, they'd be able to shoot their ass off going back that way. You know what I mean? Like, well, if it's Joel Turner, you don't want to be on the other side of the yeah, range. Well, plenty of good dudes. I mean, there's I plenty of good dudes at AMU. I need to shoot their ass I went to a squad designated marksman class with them. And yeah, me too. Yeah, I I went to their to their SDM course yes. after sniper school after special forces sniper course and then i went to sdm and i was like man i should have started here yeah. I, they're, they're phenomenal shooters but i do think when you get into the competition you know you're doing reduced loads you've got yes. lightened springs in your pistol yeah. thank you you've got thank you all of these things that make you faster a ten thousand dollar pistol right yeah, when they the say regular serve. person on the planet goes to a gun shop and buys a five hundred, four hundred dollar right. yep. Glock yeah. nineteen, yeah. Yep. Then or they buy a six hour three twenty. You're yep. using full house rounds. You got the full strength spring. Yeah, when they I say service up. weapon. Service weapon is a loaded term at AMU because that's not the same M4 or M16 that my dude's shooting back at third on oh, Kelly Hill. I promise you that's <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Hill. <laughs> Kelly Hill. Back into the but, way back machine. That's it, dude. But I'm just telling you, no, that M16, those aren't created the same. No, they're not. They're, they may be hand-selected. But I do think, like, I, I feel like I was garbage at pistol, and there wasn't anybody really around me to teach me. I mean, I'm still a ranger. It's not a focus of ours. We had some nope, guys. Not a focus. So, you know, the boys that were going out to the, the USPSCA and the IPSC competitions, I come on out and we'll learn this. I would run those courses of fire, and my goal was accuracy, safety. As long as I was safe and accurate, I would place okay i was never gonna win i'm using you know white box ammo for my nine mil yeah. so full house loads stock glock stock sights but isn't there a category for that there was or shouldn't yeah, there, there be or there, shouldn't there be there was yeah but you can make certain modifications i was yeah. just straight out of the box yeah but it made me a phenomenal pistol shooter am yeah. i going to win an ipsy competition no no way in hell I, i'm not going to buy into it i'm not going to practice the way they did but it you know it made me so that when i would go overseas I had full confidence in my pistol ability. So the training value is there. You just have to decide what you want to get out of it. Everybody's not meant to win these competitions. Absolutely. You can go out, shoot middle of the pack, learn a, a million things and get infinitely better and have a great time. Yep, I'll concur. And you know, so it just depends on what your goals are. It made me safer, it made me more lethal. I'm never gonna win an upset competition. All right, I'm gonna switch gears. All right. Are we going the fourth or are we going down a second? We're going to go down backwards because I, I want to make. <laughs> oh, man. So like We're to, reverse. Yeah, because, go. again, knowing when you came in and everything, right now we're getting back to more of a garrison force, which we both served within. and uh, But it's a little bit different because during that time frame, it was a Cold War era. We were also gearing up for, you know, a different type of war. You go into a, that different, uh, now a different type of war for 20 years. You're back to a garrison. Quite honestly, we don't know what kind of the war is, you know, the next war, what it's going to be. It's probably not still going to be like what we were training for in the Cold War era. But it's different to be that NCO and that leader during this Cold War, uh, I mean, this... Um, well, it still is almost like a Cold War era again. This new garrison world, right? And um, I think a lot of the stuff that you and I experienced back in the Cold War period, we're seeing it now play out. 
same countries, same players and actors are starting to come forward. But you're now in the military as a new buck sergeant, new staff sergeant, squad leader or whatever that maybe didn't even go to combat or if you did, it was when you were a PFC and now you're having to lead as a leader for your very first time in a garrison. I'm just curious, what kinds of words of wisdom would you give having spent as long as you did in both types of scenarios they got to transition and lead people for something that they don't know what's coming. I think it's valid. It's very valid. But here's the thing. If you just you just gave an uh, example of an E5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he, so he's team leader. If he's infantryman. Yeah, he's team, team leader, squad leader, E6. Yeah. Basics. Back to Paul. Oh. Basics. Ten right? level test. Shoot, man. move, communicate. communicate. <laughs> Are you safe yeah. and accurate with these weapon yes. systems? Yes. Can you do all the... Okay, now, then you go. So you're a status sergeant, right? Now you're squad. you got to be... You got to have those boys physically fit, right? You have to know your weapon systems. You got how many guys did you know that didn't know the cycles of functioning for a uh, rifle? So know the cycles of functioning, understand where, uh, understand the assets that you have, right? So if a squad leader, he's got uh, eight guys, maybe, right? So his squad though has a, uh, a squad automatic weapon yep. of some sort, right? Yep. So saw. fully fully automatic saw. Yep. He's got some sort of grenade launcher. Yep. yep. He's got some riflemen. Can he yep. implement those right. in the correct form and fashion? What are the assets? Do you even understand? Does he even understand what his rifle bullet does at terminal ballistics? Does he understand yep. it? I and I'll go back to a, when I was at E6. I said uh, to young men, I said, I want you just right now, we were in a lull at some training in Fort Stewart, a lot of pines, a lot of sand. And I said, I want you to just do me a quick movement from here to there, pick out what you want to hide behind, yeah. and then and do so. So they did. And then, you know, they chose six-inch, eight-inch pines. Yeah. I said, okay, come on over here. I'm going to go hot with green tip ammunition, and I cut the tree down. So do you right. now, are you thinking about where you're going now? Yeah. So, you know, do you understand what the, the weapon, ass, what the asset you have, right? In this case, the weapon. Understand what the ammunition does terminal ballistically. You know, what, what, does, what does 855 go through? What, you know, what, right. how can you defeat? Can you defeat the uh, concrete block? Yes, you can. Can you defeat bricks? Can you defeat, you know, these things? And, and, and wh how, what's the range? What's the range on your 40, mil, um, 40 millimeter grenade launcher? What's the, you know, what's the uh, rate of fire of your machine guns? So all those things. Anyway, so back to what your original question was. I don't think they need to do anything different. They just need to do it more often and harder, more. right? Again, so as a ranger, right? If, if I was, if I told anybody what rangers do more, uh, rangers do better than anybody else, is that they do it harder and they do it more often. Yes. That's all. They're just, they're, they're still light infantry. That's all they are. There's a culture built there from leadership and the why, because someone says, hey, this, this happened to me, and you don't want this to happen to you. Right. <clears throat> and you have to know your systems, what you're working with, who they are. Now, the, the bigger picture, the geopolitical global picture, that's going to have to be somebody else. But I can tell you with all assuredness that my men and your men can take this, this particular structure, yep. and, we can, and we can provide fire, cover, Right, cover and movement to get to that structure, and we can take that structure and, too. And it doesn't yeah. require a range. It doesn't require you to do anything no. out of the ordinary. But see, a lot of these guys, I think that's what they're looking for. Oh, yeah, well, you're talking about conventional versus soft. You know, I can't no. do something. No. no, you can still use the resources that you have around yes. you. In order, yeah. Conventional versus soft. You know, conventional units might may not get assets <clears throat> with, with 
with regards to ammunition or we can't go to the range today because we're doing maybe your weapons unit cleanup or something you know we're your round counts lower yeah i mean yeah Yeah. but but rangers still have to go to the armory to get their guns third id still has to go to the armory to get their guns yep uh you know, who's in charge? That's that's the key. It's right. the leadership, 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 leadership. Everything comes out of leadership, honestly. I, yep. It's just everything does. Yeah. Now, it's an important factor because I think, um, again, some of these guys may be struggling right now and trying to say, you know, God, I, okay, I, I, I got to go back to a training schedule. You know, I got to go back to what am I going to do with my men during that day for those that time period that we're together? Uh, there's only so much ruck or so much PT that you can do. So what am I going to do? Sergeant's you know? time. Is there really though? Yeah. No, but is there really? Too, is, is there really there only so much you can do? We're running. No. Uh, I'm just saying that's maybe some of the mindset that. Uh, my well, fa- favorite I, times being trained. And my favorite times training are when someone goes, take those dudes and go figure out something else to do. Yeah, out of the ordinary. Roger that. Right. I will Hip-hop see you at 1700. You will not see me the rest of the day. Well, it, it, again, good leadership doesn't just. Have everybody pop out of the, the their doors of their dorm every fifteen minutes and have them do something stupid either, yeah. right? So, if we have something to do, let's yeah. go do it. Let's go do it. If you have nothing to do, don't do it here. Yeah, but you exactly. were even describing back in you know one seven five where you guys were rucking. Well, you jumped in, so maybe maybe you're not airborne. You don't jump in. You can still ruck. You damn right. You could still all of a sudden do or, movement to contact. How about, how, about medical, or, how about medical training? Medical training. Yeah, or how about pack your ruck? Yeah. Oh, so many things. Pack though. your ruck. Oh. I mean, because you pack your ruck for the ruck march, but that's not the shit you're carrying on mission. No. So get in the cage and pack it. The One of the best leadership examples I know of, his name is Les Sandusky. He's one of my favorite rangers. He's done so much in the military. We'll have him on eventually, I think, but... You know, the thing that I liked so much about him, and he was junior to me, so I, I heard about all of this after the fact, is, you know, his strength was, he would, he would say, I don't know. And then he would open up the manual. And maybe he'd do it on his own, but maybe he'd sit, you know, he's like, hey, it's sergeant's time. We don't know how to do this. So let's flip to the man. He's a mortarman. Let's flip to the manual and see how this works. And if there's a better mortarman on the planet, I'd like to meet him. And the things he was doing with mortars in Syria and Iraq and, and other places, unheard of. You know, I mean, he, he took what the Taliban taught him, you know, and he took what, what was in the manual and, and just milked every single bit of performance out of that team and out of that weapon system. Nice. To be able to do things that we didn't know were possible. I didn't know it was possible. And I was, you know, a squad leader in a mortar platoon, in a ranger mortar platoon, which I should have known. But I think that's what you do. You know, you're looking at, you look at the basics. You look at what you don't know. If you don't know every page of that manual for your weapon system, that's your life. Yeah, check it out. Just read it. And if you don't know and your boys don't know, they're not going to think less of you if you sit down and learn it with them. No. Would, would, you, would you, as a climber, as a mountain climber, wouldn't you know how much weight your carabiner and your rope can withstand because yeah, it's a life-saving issue yeah, exactly. but how many kids didn't know that the cycles are functioning of the rifle uh or you know or yeah. the you know, it goes on and on we used to say used to i hope they still say it what we used to say in the rangers was if you had uh, a ranger company in a, in a submarine after a couple months it would be the best submarine ever because it's the yeah. culture, it's the attitude, it's, it's the, the leadership, culture, yeah. and the yeah. yep, it's the leadership and the culture, the attitude, and then the the can do spirit. You, yep. Yeah, we're going to do that. We're, we're going to make this the best one. Because uh, you know, when I was a squad leader, I was a, uh, I loved my time as a machine gun squad leader. 
Um, I used to make my guys do the obstacle course with the tripods and with the machine gun. Yeah. Because that's what the Fallschirmjäger did in, in Germany. I'm like, well, they can do it. We're doing it. You know, yeah. so. Well, and that's when it counts, when your fitness counts, that tripod's going to be on your back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it doesn't matter your time in the obstacle course. What can you do when you hit the beach, when you're out going up that mountain and you have it <laughs> on your back? And I think, you know, realistic training doesn't have to require a lot of assets. It doesn't have to require a huge budget. You can do realistic training through hardship, austerity. Right here. Exactly. Guys ask me about drills. You can take any drill you want to and just do something different. Yeah. You can take a drill that somebody made, Bill, Bill Wilson, maybe Wilson Combat, back in the day. Make it different. You can do that. It's okay. It's just you. It, you can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Creativity, whatever. I'm, I, I, it's all about leadership. Damn it. <laughs> all right. We got a few more minutes, and I want to touch on canines because we did not get down the canine path. When did you get into the canine world? Uh, I loved dogs all my life, uh, blah, blah, blah. I had a couple of Dalmatians when I was a ranger. Um, Dalmatians? Yeah, Dalmatians. Uh, yeah, we dig the Dalmatian, uh, deep, deep-chested deep uh, runner, yeah. uh, high drive. Uh, the hair was a problem. Yeah. Yeah, the hair's a problem. Uh, uh, I'm getting my hair cut by the women at the, the mall, you know, when you go yeah. get your ranger hair, haircut. Yeah. You need to go to... Uh, oh, I God. can't remember. So yeah, what's the name of the uh, ranger? Uh, ranger Joe's. Ranger Joe's. Oh, oh in Fort, uh, Fort Benning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But anyway. Oh, you get, you're talking about first. Yeah, yeah first. But yeah. you get a haircut, the girls are in there cutting your hair, and somebody says they have a, a hair splinter. And I go, that's a bunch of crap. A hair splitter? Splin- yeah. Splinter. Splinter. Hair in your skin. Yeah. Oh. Like, that's a bunch of crap. It's, you're full of crap. You're a liar. So I have these Dalmatians. And I go home and I walk around in your bare feet in Savannah because it's hot. They're like little needles? And I got a hair splinter in my toe. Ooh. That's, it was out of control. Painful. Yeah, it was like, okay, these girls aren't lying to me. Uh, this is a thing. <laughs> this happens. Yeah, Dalmatian hair. Wow. After the two Dalmatians had died, Punchy I had, stick, you know, I had yeah, <laughs> I had hair. Uh, we, I found hair in my kit years after they were dead. Wow, they just get, their hair gets everywhere. They say you know Dalmatians are funny. They say you know they they, they only uh, shed twice a year, every day and every morning and every night. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> all the time. So anyways, so I love dogs. Uh, I, I got to uh, to me the the best place ever on the planet where I used to work. And I saw a guy with a dog, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, could be a thing for me. Yeah, later on, and then, uh, then that that thing really started taking off. Hmm. And uh, you know, when a jihadi leaves the back door, and he's wearing a jumpsuit, and you're wearing crab precision and some boots and 40 pounds worth of kit, he's faster than you. That's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Quite I might bit. could beat him at a sprint where everything's equal, but he's he's smoking me right now. Well, the dog goes zero to 35 in right now, yeah. and he can do that, right? So we started doing that. We actually started before the war, started experimenting with it. Israel, again, was another place that we got some of this information from. And uh, to use him as a, as a combat multiplier in the right direction, you want to hang out at the house, uh, and you want to send him in, and he'll cruise around with a camera on his back and come back out, and, and you have a relative... Yeah, decent picture of what is or what is not in there, uh, and he doesn't cost a lot of money, and he does it all for, for fun, pretty much. He does it for the the jute, he does it for the the ball, he does it for the kibble. You know, he doesn't do it for much. So. 
Uh, so yeah, that became a thing. And then, you know, like I tell you, I, I mentioned it earlier that the, you know me and uh, me and some other cats, uh, Ricky Hogg being one of them, Shannon Krieger, we're doing a, a uh, we're working with Fernando Coelho and Pantio Productions. We're doing a series of of uh, the, the called the War Dog series, World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Ooh. the Great War on Terror, and future. And we're just getting all these great minds together that have been doing yeah. this. And, and yeah, I had a dog in combat. Now, Valco, I lost Valco in 2005 to uh, enemy gunfire. And I had another one right after that. His name was Kotha. Very, he was super fierce. He was a one guy dog, no matter what. Yeah. Most of the time you, you know, you, you try to find a dog that'll do whatever you say, whatever you say, whatever, you know, and that's, that's the way to go. Um, so there's a fine line, you know, we had, um, we were experimenting with. We we told the vendor we wanted man stopper. Yeah, right. Yeah, we want a man stopper. Well, well he, he he bit me. <laughs> I was the third guy he bit. Right. Mountain or shepherd. He was a mile. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I'm pretty much a breed a breed racist. I'm pretty much Malinois all the time. If I chose an like animal, Corvettes with teeth. Bro. If I chose an animal to go, it'd be a Malinois. Yeah. Uh, Shepherds. Titanium are, teeth or anything? Oh. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's all ridiculous. That's all ridiculous. I don't know who did that once, but whatever. But our dogs were athletes. Uh, they were they would run through fire for you. But there was a, po- a point in time where, you know, some high-ranking guys would say, "You're never going to do this." And then, then it was, I don't want to go in here without one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's where it changed really rapidly. It, it, it's an invaluable. Asset. It went from oh. it went from well, we can't really control that to we don't know, to. You oh can yeah! Strap Everybody that to your wants chest this now. With a blindfold on. Yeah, and, and I was very fortunate to be on the a part of the the program where we started it. We uh, we really refined it, perfected it, um, and then you know the, then then our Navy counterparts wanted it, and then the FBI wanted it, and then the BORTAC wanted it, and then the the FSK from Norwegian uh, Army wanted it, then the KSK from the Germans wanted it, the SAS and the SASR. They all wanted it, and so. It became we became the hub of all the greatest information and I was blessed enough to go to England to supervise some of the programs Australia to give briefs on why you want this to happen um, and you know I have countless stories on how wonderful what were great things they did uh, and you know but it's a, it's a labor of love because it's a it, it, it's a pain in the ass <laughs> well you, you've got a weapon system that you know, a mind of its everybody own. can turn their weapon system into the arms room, but yeah. you got to go clean up his shit. The kennel. You got to. You got to feed him. You, you got to love him. Yeah. Yep. yep. You got to work with him. You got to love him. He's a he's a he's a thinking creature. Or he's a thinking yeah. tool. So yeah. he's a living, breathing thinking tool. He's not a rifle or a pistol where you yeah. can put them away. Uh, so like, was that the original AI? Maybe the original AI weapon. I mean, that's not artificial, but right. He was. I, I tell you what, they're amazing. Uh, the, you know, Valco. Uh, he would. If you were jumping on top of a bad guy, he would push you out of the way wow. to get him. Mm. He was, you know, we had dogs. That, you know, Jura was one of our dogs. Uh, my boy Scott ran him. He's awesome. He would, he would come, complete darkness, stick his, stick both of his feet right on you, like come on, and then go, oh, not you, and push you away and go find somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> but he, he was that guy. You know, he was like, you can't see very well. It's dark. Yeah, he can't either. But they, yeah. they have they have more rods or cones. I can't remember exactly. They can see motion in the in nighttime. Yeah. Um, you know, evolution of the wolf or whatever you want to call it. But, um, but still dark as dark. Yeah. But the smell and the the nature and the, I mean, you know, we wash our our clothes in the same washing machine. Yeah. With the same soap. 
we eat the same food. We excrete most of the same stuff. And then, then on top of that is the behavior. Our behavior is the pack. Our behavior is the wolf. Our behavior is the hunter. You're, you know, the, the enemy's behavior is, oh, I don't want any of that. You know, so it became, it's really good. It's, just, it's amazing. And I, and I really try hard now to get uh, agencies to, to buy into that. And there's so many councilmen and aldermen that don't want that. They, they'll, I was in Texas a couple years ago. They were like, no, we can't have this. We don't want that. You know, it's, it's visceral. I knew guys yeah. on my level would say, oh, get the dog off of man. It's terrible. Terrible. 50 states, non-lethal force. Yeah. 50 states, non-lethal force. Uh, you know, I always viewed the dogs as like, that was like my, when you play a video game and you got the extra life. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, that dog is going to go and do things that would certainly kill me. And it, it was just amazing to watch them work. I mean, I don't want the thing anywhere near me because I don't know anything about them. Dude, I'll tell you. And I'm a lot of respectful fear of those animals. I did a lot of work, and then I, I was told to, to lay a track for this guy. Uh, it was all training, right? I, I, I laid a thousand meter, more than, it was, I don't know what it was. It was shit ton. It was a mile and a half, whatever it was. He goes, lay a track for me. Uh, unknown to him. Unknown. I just had a, an implement, right? A, a thing that he had to find. And I just walked my way through the woods on Fort Bragg longer than a thousand meters. And then I just stopped and put the, put the toy there. I walked off, radio contact, yeah, go ahead and go. Dude, they found it. I mean, I'm like, how do you, how do, you do that, right? It's amazing. They're, I'm, they're amazing. If you, when you watch this War Dog series thing, it's a 14 minute trailer on the web right now. I, I, I gave a speech too when I left, uh, when I retired, I gave a speech to the uh, Special Operations Warfare Canine uh, Foundation. And uh, we put a, a statue at uh, the Special Operations Museum in Fayetteville uh, of the dog. He's watching over Iron Mike, blah, blah, blah. But it, yeah. it, you, they do so much, it's really up to us to say, or don't you, you don't want to harness his power to stop what he can do because it's, it's rust on a ship. It, painted over rust on a ship that's illegal or something, or you can't do it because it's a safety right. thing. They'll do it. Uh, tremors in people, cancer in people. Yeah. Um, bombs, drugs, diabetes, people. Yeah. Yeah. One of the amazing things to me is, uh, is cadaver dogs. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that, I don't know why that one crazy makes me crazy. Here's a bad guy kills family or people or whatever. And then cements, he buries yeah. them deep in his backyard and cements them over. And the cadaver dog comes and he's indicating, right? He's going around and spinning, spinning around. Somebody's under here. They have to go in there with a backhoe and yeah. and and move their remove concrete, the concrete stuff yeah. and remove the concrete. And there's there's the there's the bodies. Wow. Cadaver dog, you know that. That's insane. You, yeah, you're cruising around in a, in a lake, mm -hmm. and the decom de decomposition of the body creates the bubbles that you can't even see. And they come above the surface, and he's oh yeah, it's right here. And you oh, can yeah. smell that gas on the surface. Yeah, it's right here, right? It's right here. Yeah, he's in a in the he's in the prow of a boat driving around. You know, yeah. we, oh, yeah, we need right to here. do we need to do an episode on canines. I think I'm in. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because we still haven't scanned. We we got to wrap up, but we we haven't scratched the surface on even cancer. Yeah, cancer. More about canine. That was, that's a really like good story, by the way. Back, the cancer is a great story. So I think it's awesome. So is there a round three um, at some point? We're we gonna have to wait two more years. Or? Dude, okay, here's the thing. So the first time we did a we did it in your studio. Yeah. Yes. And that was that was cool and all. I had to bring my own. 
The second True. time, we're here at a brewery, and you're you're hooking me up with a beer. Yeah. The third time, probably should buy me dinner, and then and then <laughs> give me some, get, I don't know, whiskey or so. Whiskey. There you go. Yeah. I'm just saying, we're gonna ramp this up. We'll do bourbon <laughs> distillery and steakhouse next that, time. That, there, there you go. Right there. He, there Kyle just like, said it. Yeah, there you go. We gotta like go to Kentucky. Kyle just yeah, thanks, Kyle. I appreciate it. I'll pay you later. I'll pay you later. I like it. Are you two in cahoots? Yeah. We are now. Yes. We are now. Yes. All right. He's my new favorite friend. All right. <laughs> Dutch, appreciate you coming back on, Dude, man. man. I, I appreciate everything you guys do. It's everything you do. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. It was awesome, man. Yeah.